0: The dream is made real, Ricky Howard rocks the world How do you like it? How do you like it? Wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass It's over!
1: Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, and as always, I'm joined by Johnston for a big fight reaction show. And I feel a little bit guilty for actually not bringing you a reaction show the previous week, but we are very busy. We are doing our career profiles podcast at the moment. And as you've probably seen with the latest few episodes that we've brought out, we've been very busy on putting them all together. So There has been a little bit of slipping and sliding with regards to the the weekly shows, but we decided to do the reaction show over the last two weeks because there are fights and there is bits of news that we want to talk about and we feel like it would be good to discuss it with ourselves and then obviously to project that onto you guys and see what you guys are thinking about this stuff that's going on in boxing at the moment. So we've got a few fights to cover. The most notable fight of the weekend just gone is obviously Jerome Boots Ennis. And how bloody good he looks at the moment and how he probably is the third best welterweight in the world behind Spence and Crawford. So we've got a good conversation to have around his recent victory against Villa. And then we've also got Savannah Marshall's victory over Cruz de Zern two weeks ago to discuss. We've got a few fights on that card to go through. And then at the end of this show, we're going to go back yet again to the heavyweight debate. The heavyweight debate comes up more often than not. And now we've actually had the signatures of Joshua and White. We've had the first press conference and face-off of Joshua versus White. So we are going to talk about that. We're talking about Usyk versus De We've got Big Bang Zhang and Joyce in their rematch. And then we've got Tyson Fury, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, who seemingly doesn't look like he's going to be defending that title until potentially the end of the year instead it looks like he's going to be fighting the former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou so we've got a lot to discuss in this episode Johnston but yeah. let's just talk about Booz Ennis first we're going to start the show with Booz Ennis and how bloody good is this fighter man he is absolutely brilliant he, he he's probably the one of the most exciting fighters in boxing at the moment like we've we've seen so many great fighters over the past 5 to 10 years but I'm genuinely, genuinely excited to see Boots Ennis now in with a huge name. BoxRec having ranked third best welterweight in the world, many people having third best welterweight in the world behind Spencer and Crawford, and with them fighting in a few weeks, we'll ultimately get a decider, hopefully, who is the best welterweight on paper. But Boots Ennis is crawling right up behind them. Surely Boots Ennis will be looking for a mega fight. Now, because who else can he fight at this moment in time? Who else can he fight, Johnston, in the welterweight division that would be a legitimate test for him going into the biggest fight of his life?
0: It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, Boots Ennis is obviously, I mean, he has got so much about the guy, he really is sensational at times. And, and with when he fought sort of V on Saturday, early hours of Sunday morning for us, I, I did feel. If Veer was able to take him into the later rounds, he may pose a question because there were there were question marks around Boots Ennis in terms of when he gets past all like the sixth and seventh, and he hasn't damaged, he hasn't got rid of his fire. Then there is that element of doubt where maybe he could get caught, especially by Veer, was quite a big puncher. And um, well, he answered those questions, didn't he? Um, not only did he get rid of him, he got rid of him in style when he got rid of him quite late in the fight, which was. Was great to see, and and you know he was he was a one sided fight. He was brilliant. You know he can do everything. The kid he literally can. He can box on the outside. He can fight on the inside. He's got power. He's got just everything about him. Just is is class. And he's and he's and his age as well. Sean, you know when you look at the two best fighters in this division, is Crawford and Spencer finally fighting each other. It took an absolute age, absolute age for that to happen. But it's happening, which is great, and I hope they have a couple of fights. That does derail someone like a Boots Ennis. But who does he fight? I don't think there's anyone anyone close to him. I'll be honest with you. I feel like he's out on his own. And is he ready to fight those guys? I think he probably is. I think he's not that far off. I think it'd be a good time for for them to fight him. In fact, who will have the no who will, who will have the Kahuna's to want to face him? To be honest with you, because after they have fought each other. If they have a rematch after, you know, you're at a time where, do they need to prove anything? Do they need to fight this young, hungry, up-and-coming fighter? Do they? And it's not even just the world weight division, Sean. It's the division above. And the guys below, in a division below that are young that could come up, are going to be too small for him. He has the potential to be a two, three-time weight world champion, the kid. He really does. I There's no one as good as him other than Shakur Stevenson, but he's too small. You look, you can think Canelo, but Canelo's coming to the end of it, the back end of his career now. He only wants a big money fights. And when you look at those young kids below him, all right, Ortiz Junior, possibly his fight got cancelled, but he potentially could be a threat. I don't I struggle, Sean. I struggle to find somebody that can really will be able to beat him. Um yeah, I, I, I honestly I can't. You, you look at some of the talent around. I just think that the top top talented kids are too small for him, and then the ones in the uh, sort of upper divisions are coming to the end of their careers. Would they want to risk it against him? So he's in a bit of a tricky situation. He's almost in a situation where he's too bloody good that he's not going to get fights. And, he, and I'm not saying he's like a Roy Jones Jr., but I do feel he's going to fall into that mold where he's going to be a champion in so many weight divisions without really fighting anyone.
1: Yeah, and this is the problem, isn't it? Like, it, who who can you put him in there with that is is legitimate ahead of Crawford and Spence? I mean, Virgil Ortiz Jr. But he's clearly got problems going on outside of the ring with with illnesses, yeah. and his fight with Onis was cancelled. Yeah, wait as well. So, and that's
0: I'm, the third time that's been cancelled as well. The Virgil Ortiz fight with Ennis, uh, with uh, not Ennis, the other guy. I, I think I'm sure it's the third time. this is it you see the thing is there's obviously something going
1: on with him so really you've got to rule him out of the equation as a potential opponent now going forward and then you look around at uh, who else is there and and really there isn't anybody that is is probably deserving of, of of a big fight like that i mean it wouldn't surprise me if any of our guys in the welterweight division any of our british guys end up getting a shot out of nowhere against him to fight him you know, like a, an Echo assuming, or a Michael McKinson potential. McKinson's already fought Ortiz and, and put up a valiant display. So he's already got a little bit of a profile in America. So there's a potential for McKinson maybe to get a fight if he wants to take it. And for him, that would be, again, an opportunity to put himself on the map. But I don't think there's anybody at the moment
0: that beats Boots For me, there's, there's nobody. I think, I think you've been moved up, Sean. I think anything, if he moved up, Tim Zoo is probably the only guy I could say might give him problems. But other than that, I struggle.
1: Well, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But his performance was great. His stoppage was emphatic. He was dominating. And really, he is the next heir to the undisputed throne of the welterweight division. It's It's quite obvious. And if he does end up having to move up because of the fact that there's lack of competition, then, you know, there's some there's some good names up there. There's some good names up there. Tim Zhu, obviously, the one that you mentioned there, would be an absolute mega fighter at this stage for these two because of how good they both are and where they're at in their careers. It'd be a very interesting fight, put it that way. But Boots Ennis, definitely the next successor to the welterweight crown, and we're really looking forward to seeing where his career goes. I mean, he's had 31 fights, 26 years of age, youths on his side, He's fought some really, really good opponents on his resume. He's had some really good tests, and he's come through them all. So, for me now, it's it's about pushing for that big fight. Does he fight the winner of Spence and Crawford? Do they have a rematch? There's, there's many ifs, buts, and maybes floating around here at the moment. But I think, really, he'll have a very close eye on that fight and who he can potentially fight. And like you mentioned, you talk about Crawford and Spence and their ages as well. You know, they're both in the, the, the early to mid-30s now. So... He's going to be looking at that and thinking, you know, these guys potentially in his eyes are ripe for the taking. So, perfect opportunity for him to to push forward in his boxing career now. Definitely deserving of a world title. That was an IBF interim world title fight that he had over the weekend. So that puts him in mandatory position now to fight for the IBF title. So ultimately, the winner of Spence Crawford will have to defend that title, and it would make sense whoever is undisputed to put it all on the line, but. This is boxing, and we know how yep. things can change. And, and uh, Well, it is, yeah, it can be bollocks. The thing is, if if one of these two guys wins, Crawford or Spence, which is going to happen, hopefully we won't get a draw, the titles will probably end up being fragmented in some way, shape, or form. It wouldn't surprise me either if we get an ultimate winner of who the best of this welterweight generation is, i.e. Crawford or Spence, then whichever one of them decides to move up or retire or whatever and then the belts become fragmented, and then it gives opportunities for other people in the welterweight division to become champions. I wouldn't put that out of the realms of possibility as well.
0: but Or, or even a bit of a dodgy result at yes. the end of the night, you know, where you sort of think, oh, that, that wasn't very conclusive. So they need the rematch. They need to drag his heels. And by this time, they you know, they're getting older, and, and Ennis is just having to just pick up the litter and pick up the bits because he's just too good. He, there is nobody out there in this weight category in the lower division or up that really competes with him. Not in my opinion. I, honestly, I, I struggle with it. I really do. There's no one there that jumps out at me. So it does make you think that this, maybe there's another fighter in the horizon that will pop up. But this guy has the potential to not only become uh, a, an undisputed champion in the division if he sticks around long enough in a division to wait for to get those titles, or he moves up and dominates that division. And I still think he can move up again and dominate that v- division as well. Because there's just no one better than him. There isn't. There, uh, there isn't. And the only ones I can ever think of that has his ability and his talent is someone like Shakur Stevenson. But he's just too he's, you know, he'll, he'll do the business in the lower divisions in in a in a situation where he has so many great fights, and then you have Boots Ennis that won't have that because they're just not around. There might even be a guy that'll come out of nowhere that we don't even know about. I think that's the only guy that's probably going to bait him. That's my honest opinion. He's that good.
1: Well, on Friday night, we had Diego Pacheo moving to 19-0 with a fourth round TKO of Manuel Galeos, WBC USA Super Middleweight title, WBO International Super Middleweight title. I mean, we've seen Pacheo, obviously, firsthand for quite some time now. So we, we know we're kind of looking at where he goes in his career. I think he's a little bit behind Some of the other names like the Belangas and maybe the Benavides' of the world. But then again, saying that, who else can he fight at this stage of his career, even though he's so young still? I think he's potentially got to put himself in the position to fight in the super middleweight division for for, for the Marbles, really. And then there's obviously this talk of Charlo moving up to not fight Tim Zhu, to end up going on to fight Canelo. There's a lot of talk of that happening at the moment as well. So. I mean, if you look at look at the rankings again for super middleweight division, was down at five, Balanga at four, Caleb Plant at three, Demetrius Andrade at two. I mean, this is box wreck I'm looking at, by the way,
0: guys. I'm not looking at. Who's <laughs> Andre? How is he still looking around? What's he <laughs> no, doing? Yeah, he... I I can't remember the last time I've even seen him fight. I mean, what has happened to him? He's turned into a Russell Junior, isn't
1: he? He's he's like the Scarlet Pimpernel of the division, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, he's like he's like his last his last fight. Uh, to be fair
0: was earlier it... this year so oh there was a fight I, can see that yeah. thought, mate. I, I don't even recall it but, but I've, I'm be, guessing but... it was against someone not significant anyway but
1: before like. that but before that it was November 2021 so he's and he's 35 as well so I mean you know if you're Diego Pacheco or Balanga you're looking at these fights and thinking you know let's just get an Andre on on the record I mean Andre's a great fighter he just he's just he not is. active he's not he's active right? enough he's just yeah so it's really really not active and that that's his big problem so you know with Diego Pacheco he moves on we're talking about him we're talking about his potential future fights I, th- I think he's got to get a big fight soon as well because I think he needs it because otherwise he's just going to get stale and stagnated fighting guys that are essentially challenging but not challenging enough for him and you see, this is the thing you can get that risk of you know it's great to keep the fighters active but they need to be active against people that are very competitive against them and if they're not as competitive and it's an easy fight for them they're not going to learn anything yeah they'll be active but they're not going to learn they're not going to be ready for that big step up that they need so uh, it's it's just just a problem with some of these fighters at the moment some of them are that good and, and, and and that well protected as well that you're just not going to see these fights happen for a period of time and and then when you do see them happen you end up seeing them not get the victories and be told that oh it was a step too far for them and, and that's the that's the sort of frustrating thing with boxing um, but that was Diego Pacheco over the weekend as well that was his fight that happened on Friday but we wanted to also step back a little bit and talk about the Savannah Marshall and Francis Cruz discern card as well we didn't talk about that because we didn't do a direct reaction show to that last week we did do the fight preview for it and we did say we wanted Savannah to win. We did think Savannah would win the fight. And ultimately, she did. She, it was a tough affair for her. It was a tough fight for her. But she got the victory. She became the undisputed super middleweight champion. Finally, getting to that promised land of being a not only a champion, but an undisputed champion in the super middleweight division. And Cruz deserved to her credit, while well, she talked a lot of smack in the lead up to it, she certainly backed it up. She was very ferocious. She she tried to bully Savannah Marshall around the ring, and she had her successes throughout the course of the fight. But Savannah Marshall, I think she learned from the Shields fight. Although Clarissa was at ringside and doing punditry for the fight, she was absolutely adamant she's learned nothing from fighting her. I felt like she did learn a little bit. I felt there were times where savannah was quite frustrating to watch in the sense that she was doing a few things similar that's probably what clarissa was referring to but what i saw was 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 times where she needed to step off the gas and then step on the gas and whereas when she fought clarissa shields there was times where she was just looking for that one two combination and it was just not getting anywhere because shields was just running rings around her throughout the course of the fight i think the difference here is that she knew when to engage she engaged quite a lot. She stepped off when she needed to step off. And that's what got her the victory in my eyes. I think she deserved the win. I don't think there was any talk whatsoever in my eyes of a a robbery. Clarissa Shields fell, it was. Clarissa Shields was like that draw that was given on the scorecards was, was very justified. But that's Clarissa Shields. She was there to support her. So she was there to say any bad word she could against Savannah Marshall. Because let's be honest really the only fight that needs to happen next especially for Shields' career because there's nobody else for her to fight the problem is she's not she's not fighting anybody and the the, the Shields and Savannah Marshall fight was the only one that really made sense and made money so I think this having a rematch in America makes sense and it's going to make money as well so going back to that fight a couple of weeks ago Johnson how did you assess the performance of Savannah Marshall in the fight. And do you think he's lost to beat Clarissa Shields, or do you think Clarissa Shields maybe just have her number?
0: Uh, I do think Clarissa's got a number, I do. I don't think there's really much Savannah Marshall could actually do to win the fight, although I do think there was improvements. But that being said, Cruz de Zern was more of a come-forward fighter. She really did go for broke. She went for it. She put her under pressure. Um, you know, the first on that draw card I mean I suppose the one thing you could say is it was a bit messy and cagey in the opening exchanges and, and it was difficult to score so maybe the judge got those early rounds wrong but from that point on from from then on I think there was a moment where Marshall did land quite a big shot and it and it sort of for me it, it made a winner I think it was like the fifth or the sixth round she won really convincingly um, and then from there I, I just I couldn't see any other winner other than Marshall and, and as you say Sean it was more educated and when to press and when not to press. When against Clarissa, she was—if she ever had any space—well, she she did She nullified her own ability by smothering her own work and coming in too close with Clarissa. And she didn't do that as such. And I think that was where the learning curve was against Cruz's Zern. But I mean, you got to give Cruz's own credit. She came forward. She didn't stop coming forward. She tried to rough up Marshall on the inside, throwing wild and looping hooks. But you know what? she 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 brought, she made it a good fight to be fair to her. Um but yeah, Marshall deserved it. And the fact that Clarissa Shields is commentating and then she's also in sort of the the press conference after as well straight away sort of uh mocking her, you know, when which I felt a bit disrespectful because you know, you've just had a training camp, you've just had a tough fight, you've come for it, you've won. I think that that time for the press conference is a time where the fighter can reap their benefits, you know, they, they they should be being given, you know, being rewarded for their performance and, and they could soak it up for that evening, especially and even for the next couple of the days where they can enjoy their victory. I think, and, so that, and sort of Clarissa coming in and, and sort of talking shit, um, I think it was a bit disrespectful. She should have just left it a couple of days, let her soak it up. Yes, I do feel that Shields is the better fighter and Shields would always get the better of it. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, there are people within that era where sometimes you're just going to come up short. There are things she could probably do. Maybe, you know, Shields could all of a sudden lose half a yard and use a couple of inches in speed. Um, and there, that's the moments where Marshall could capitalise on. But I do feel like it's, it's very unlikely to, to be the case. But Clarissa needs Savannah. I think that's the one thing you're seeing, Shield, isn't it? She needs Savannah to sell tickets because who's she fighting? Savannah will earn more money than Clarissa because the fans are behind her and the fans watch her and she, uh, whether she calls herself the goat or the quote, whatever she wants to call herself. The fact is she needs Marshall more more than Marshall needs her because Marshall, I think earns the money. She does. She gets on the big bills. Unfortunately for Clarissa, people will say, yeah, she's the best, but they're not, they're not, she ain't sending the tickets like Savannah does. So, you know, I think a rematch is inevitable. It is inevitable. And
1: I think it's a good assessment. Uh, People, May or may not agree with your assessment on that, but I agree. I agree, and I'm not being biased because you're the co-host of this show. I agree that it feels very much like, why Why is Clarissa Shields there if she doesn't need Savannah Marshall? She's there because she needs Savannah Marshall. She's been asked she's to come got,
0: on. In a separate weight show as well. She, she, she's in the super middleweight. She ain't going back down to middleweight. So why is she there? Why is she there? She's there because she needs her. Yep. She does. And she's not like even thrown out the one-all, the one-all. Now we've got so she she's putting out it because she knows that the, the money's there for a, an outside stadium event maybe possibly if they were to get it done soon enough with the weather obviously pending but you know it's there isn't it I mean even if not you can get another bigger you know M2 at the O2 could sell, sell out in no time try and find a bigger stadium even but you know it's the, the, the possibility's there isn't it it is it is
1: I mean talk of them going to America is is, is all well and good but. Where will they sell more tickets and where will they make more money? I think they'd make it here personally in the UK. I think they'd make more money here, and I think, I think there'd be more now that Savannah's got the undisputed super middleweight crown. She holds the belts there, and Clarissa holds them in the middleweight division. Now there's even more needle for that rematch to happen, and and like you say, oh, it's one all because of the amateur defeat that she inflicted on Shields, and then obviously the professional defeat that Shields inflicted on Marshall. You know, in 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 their eyes, it's one apiece now. So there's got to be a decider in 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 that way. And this is where it makes sense for it to happen because the money is going to be there. Clarissa isn't going to make loads of money fighting fighters in the division that are, you know, former contenders or people she's already beaten before. She isn't going to make money doing that. She knows she's not stupid. She knows where she's going to make money. She knows what how to make the money, and she knows that she needs Marshall probably more than Marshall needs her at this point, which is mad to say because Clarissa's the one that's undefeated and the one that's been a champion in both divisions. She's already cleaned up the super middleweight division, now she's cleaned up the middleweight division. If she was then to go back and clean up the super middleweight division by beating Savannah in a rematch, then her claim to being the greatest woman of all time, it certainly enhances its reputation, and it enhances its stake to be that, because then she's gone on to do what she's done. So it is it's a fight that's viable. It's a fight that needs to happen. Uh, whether it happens over here or whether it happens in America, it's wherever it makes the most financial sense. But I am looking forward to seeing it. But I agree with you. I think, I think Shields is probably just that too good for Marshall. And I'm not sure Marshall can make any major changes to her fundamentals of what she already has in the locker that's going to be significant enough to be able to beat Shields. The only way I could see that happening is if she she lands something so significant that it absolutely rocks shields to the core that she cannot recover from it and that that is ultimately all i could see the only way i could see marshall getting the victory there because other than that i think shields would be too good of a boxer to go around her and use all that movement and get on the inside and get out like she did in the first fight i think the blueprint for the first fight is how she would go and approach the second fight because i think she feels and she's quite arrogant enough to go in there and probably do the same things because she feels she can win it so it, it's an interesting fight to happen again it's a money-making fight it makes sense to happen but all credit goes to marshall for coming back off the back of the loss and getting a victory in the division above and becoming a super
0: middleweight undisputed champion fair play just, to before, to... just before we move on though i mean just thinking off the top of my head here you know could you imagine Chantel cameron katie taylor rematch and then on the same bill as uh, Shields and Marshall. I mean, that, and they could headline that those two fights. I mean, I know, like, it's a lot to but, to think about in terms of, you know, but that is a huge showcase fight for female boxing, isn't it? Them two on the same card in a big arena, you know, and that's, they will all earn a significant amount of money if that was to happen, all those undisputed titles on the line as well. It's just, I mean, you, you think about it, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? I mean, if you want the all-female car, they can have that. It could be huge. It could be. They've done a similar thing last year. It's something that could happen. I think it could, but promotional well, issues. I, exactly. right. I didn't go <laughs> near the elephant in the room there because I know exactly what the problem is. Yep. But if you're all smart enough, TV channels are smart enough, promotion companies are smart enough, they could get a nice big arena. They can all earn a big crust. They could earn probably, that if you were to separate and break it off into... Into segments, they'll more money than if they just stage one show themselves. You know, that's just my opinion. It's just sometimes it just well, promoters are too greedy. You know, what I mean that's just just that's <laughs> the the it always is, and unfortunately it stalls fighters' careers and it stalls an opportunity for them to have huge historic nights.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, on that same card, we had Zach Cile losing a unanimous decision over ten rounds to Mark Jeffers, who came in yeah. as a late replacement, two weeks notice. Jeffers got for this fight and he completely outboxed, he outboxed Celly. he completely outboxed him, I thought it was was an absolutely great performance, and I wasn't 100% sure, because as I said in the preview to that show, Jeffers really, his resume compared to Celly's wasn't fantastic, he wasn't, like, I'm not going to make no bones about it, He he really needed a step up before that fight, and I think, you know, that's me eating my words a little bit, because fair play to Jeffers, he took the chance, And he took the opportunity and he beat Zach Jelly to the punch every time. And that was the problem. I think Zach Jelly. we've seen this with him with fights before. We've seen it with him when he fought Cody Davis a few years back. We've seen it when he had that split decision draw with Jack Cullen a few years back. He can be lazy at times. He can get lazy. He can rely on certain movements in the ring, certain combinations to be thrown and expect that the fighter is going to be stood there to receive them. Mark Jeffers was in and out all the time i didn't give the opportunity for celle to get on his chest smother him or get any of his work off and that was ultimately what won jeff as the fight and I, i've got to give him credit man because he's come from a resume of fighting journeyman to stepping up to this level to fighting someone who's, who's definitely british european level who's for international opponents reputable international opponents as well and won for Jeffers to get it to is huge. For me, it was huge for him. And it's really propelled him into the limelight for bigger fights. For Zach Chelley now, I mean, he's back to the drawing board again for him. I mean, his dad, Zach Chelley Senior on, on Facebook, still believes he's the best super middleweight in Britain at the moment. And bless his, bless his heart, if he believes that in his son, that's, that's fair play to him. But I think it's pretty clear that he, he isn't the best super middleweight in Britain right now because he's just been beaten by, by Mark Jeffers, who ultimately I wouldn't have said is the best super middleweight in Britain right now. So, you know, for me now, he's just stamped his authority on this division, Jeffers. He's got his opportunity to, pot- to potentially fight people like Lerone Richards and Mark Heffron as well. You know, that would be a local Lancashire derby up here. That would be great for, for that type of fight to happen. You've got Zach Parker still in the mix, Kieran Conway still in the mix, Lennox Clark. I mean, there's some great fights. You've even got Callum Simpson fast approaching on the heels as well, who had a good victory on the same card. Do You know, you've got some good opponents there now for Jeffers to step up his career. But for Chelly now, the only way forward for him now is to come back and get a big win. That, 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 that's it. If he wants to solidify himself in his father's eyes as the best super middleweight in this country then he's got to come back and bounce straight back into the lion's den and he's got to take a big fight and he's got to be successful and he's got to win i'm not so sure i'm not so sure with 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 zach because i've seen some great performances from him and i've seen some lackluster ones that was a lackluster performance and jeffers was just absolutely on point for everything he needed to do in the fight and that's not taking away anything away from jeffers because i thought he had the perfect game plan and he was on point i just think Jelly. Like some other fights in his career, can be like lackluster. Uh, whether it's lack of motivation because of change of opponent, I don't know. But he wasn't the same Zach Chelly we've seen before. And I think now he just propels Jeffers into the limelight. And, see like I said, Callum Sidney got a good 10 round unanimous decision over Boris Crichton in a, a pretty decent affair on the undercard as well. So there's lots of guys now fast clipping at the heels of being the best super middleweight in this country.
0: There are, and you're right. I mean, chilly for me, uh, he, he started too slow. He allowed Jeffers to dictate the pace very early on, and he was outworked, outworked, and the, the scorecards were just clocking up for Jeffers as the fight was going on. And then he sort of woke up a little bit and closed the gap ever so slightly late on in the fight. But it was too late. It was too late. The verdict had been pretty much done. It was a, it was a win all day long for Jeffers. And the one thing I'd say about Chile is I'll be, I'll be wanting that rematch uh the fact even after mm. that jeff has had the cheek to even turn around and say the best win of his career was a shit performance <laughs> actually he really made me chuckle he takes a fight at two weeks notice um he wasn't look i mean it was it was the level of opponents he had fought this was an opportunity for him and he grasped it with both hands he went for it and maybe chili was just a little bit off as you say he's up up and down at times maybe it's the maybe it is the opponent and Having the two weeks' later, Maybe it's just bad matchmaking. They underestimated Jefferson. Thought that Chelle would be able to deal with him and he it maybe was a little bit deflated by the fact he's fighting Jefferson. I'd be I'll be seeking a rematch. If I was him, I'd be all over that for a rematch and start fast up, make it a bit closer than what it was because that was a a, a guilt edge performance from Jefferson and, and you know, look, you know what? As you say, he has no there's no need for him to take a rematch. He could turn around and say, No, pissed off, I'm gonna go and fight someone else like some of the other names you just mentioned, rightly so. But I do, I think, Jenny, if I was him, I'd be I'd be forcing that rematch, forcing it. But, yeah, good performance from Jeffers, though. Just shows you, Sean, you know, when these guys do get the opportunity, they need to take it, and Jeff has done that uh, yeah. last week. And good credit to him, credit yeah. to him there. He's going to earn more money, and who knows where he can go.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, on the card, we also talked about Natasha Jonas making history. Again, she did, she made history, and she looked quite... Well, not overmatched. I think her opponent was overmatched against Jonas. Candy Wyatt just looked overmatched in there against Jonas. From the very first bell, you know, Jonas landed a, a left straight down the pipe and absolutely rocked her. And it was just how she went eight rounds out of the ten, I was I was quite surprised about because I thought Tasha would have stopped it sooner. But, you know, she took her time. She was patient with it until until that stoppage came. And she now became becomes, or should I say became, the IBF welterweight champion, and she's now just really solidified what has been a, a great career when seemingly, as we said in the preview to this show, at one point it didn't look like it was going to go that way. And then for uh, in the space of two years to have such great fights with the likes of Terry Harper and Katie Taylor and then to become a world champion and to win another two belts in the super welterweight division, now to drop down and win an IBF title, in the welterweight division and it seemingly feels like she's still not quite finished yet from the post-fight interview it feels like maybe she has one fight maybe two at tops left and you know a few names have been mentioned to her about the younger and the up-and-coming fighters that have come out of the later olympics and it's very interesting i just think she should retire personally and i said this to you in the preview like if she wins this titles why just retire man you know what else do you need to do in this why why else is she fighting at this point? Yep. That that's what makes me wonder. Like, why else is she fighting at this point? Is it is it genuinely the desire to, to do more in the sport or is it to while well, she can, while well, she's kind of at the peak of her notoriety as a as a fighter, is it the chance to get big fights, to make big money, to solidify her future and her family's future? I think it's that. I think it's the latter. I think while well, she's at this point of her career while well, she holds three belts in two different divisions, she's likely to get big, bigger money fights now. Promoters are going to chuck money at her to fight for maybe a younger fighter, a younger female fighter to come up against her and take their opportunity. And they're going to chuck money at Natasha to, to put them belts on the line oh. to do that. So if you're Natasha Jonas, do you retire for legacy now? Do you think, right, well, I've done it all. I've done what I wanted to do, achieved in this sport. Or do you think, well, now it's about solidifying my family's financial future so that i you know i don't have to go to work again i can do this punditry on sky sports i've solidified my daughter's future you know and then her family's future so i can kind of understand like if she wants to take another fight it will be because of money. i can't see it being because of legacy
0: no i don't think he will be i think you're right i think he will be about money she has cut the tiles and you know she she what it's up to her What she does and whether she you know she can jump between two divisions and she's a name in terms of she's, she's a champion. And as you say, whether it be a young up-and-comer or whoever, the opportunity is there for them to win a title against an older fighter in Natasha and maybe fancy their chances because of that. But every time, you know, Natasha, she got the knockout. So I wasn't expecting that whatsoever. I thought she would eventually um, just take it on points. So I was shocked to see her get the knockout. But, you know, the other girl, she was completely outmatched. I mean, you, you rightly said it. It was she had, She was nowhere near in the in the in the same league and we did say that as well we said the chance of Jonas losing this fight was you know very unlikely uh didn't see the stoppage though and I'm glad she got it and yeah I mean yeah 39 years of age but she's got a job in Sky she does her punditry people seem to like her you know she's all right on there she she, she talks a good game and mate that as you say why why is she gonna just surrender them titles and and retire you know in a way you sort of think okay yeah it makes sense because of the fact she's a 2 world champion. We did sort of go over this and we felt we both felt it probably would be a good time to retire. But if the money's there for a big fight, it's going to give her just shy of a few million or whatever she could get potentially. I don't really know in terms of you don't really hear so much about contracts with female fighters anymore. I know how much money they earn. You very rarely get that with the splits and things like that. You get without that with the men, but I don't know how exactly how much she's earned, but I'm sure she's earned a, quite a fair bit. And as you say, it's about cementing the legacy of her family now. She's got titles. People want it. They're going to offer her big money. Maybe fight until she loses it, literally in the ring. I think she might well do that, Sean.
1: Yeah, well, I can understand it. Like I said, money at the end of the day
0: now is it's about securing it's, it's your future. It's a I mean, this is it. I mean, this is it. You, she's already cemented that legacy now. She can always say she's a 2 eight world champion. If she lost it to an up-and-coming hungry fighter, then, you know, it happens. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's that type of person that goes, you know what? I'm going to enjoy holding this title and then um, after that, if I lose it, I lose it. But otherwise, if I can win again and then just keep going, I don't think she's going to retire until she's got enough money in the bank because that's, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it, mate? That's it. At 39 years old, you could earn a few more, Bob, and you will. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why why would you want to eventually go and have to
1: take a day job? Like, why would you want to go and eventually have to do that? At the end of the day, she could potentially set up her own gym in the future with the money she's earned from boxing and really? you know, she could she could teach young girls, young fires coming through. She could she could be one of those pioneers in this sport that does that. And you you can imagine someone like Tata Jonas doing that. She's got that nature and that character about her to potentially do something like that in the future. I know she's training down at Jamps Camp at the moment with where Joe Gallagher's basing his fires, but you know, there's definitely a potential that if Chester made enough money and she really wanted to stay in boxing then that, that is a way of her doing that. So I've got to say, though, fair play to her, man. Because a few years ago, when she got starved, we thought yeah,
0: maybe, we, we, we was like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's not quite for no, her. Maybe the pro games look right for her. And she's come back well, isn't she? She deserves it. I mean, she's 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 been a good
1: ambassador for the sport, a good role model for the sport. And I, I think that's what that's why I say fair play, because you've done things in this sport that inspires all the generations of, of young people to come through and think you know I can be that person I can be that next Tasha Jonas in this sport and, and fair play to her and that's what I've got to give her a lot of credit for um but that was that was the card that was the main fights that we we did cover I know Ben Whittaker got a win over eight rounds he managed to stop his opponent in the final round uh, which I thought was going to go the full distance April Hunter also got a win on that particular card as well so they were the main fights that we, we did want to cover for this particular episode. And what we are going to do is obviously separately talk about the heavyweight division, which I was going to say we'll do it for this episode. But do you know what, guys? I think that conversation is definitely another short segmented episode because there's so much to talk about with the announcement of, of three fights recently and the lack of announcements from Tyson Fury. I think I'd like to actually put this to you guys in a completely separate episode. So, with this being said, I think that calls time on this particular episode, our big fight reaction over the past couple of weeks. So, we will have a segment on the heavyweight scene at the moment and the fights that have been announced. And we will also have a big fight preview segment separately coming out to you also this week. So, please do tune in for those episodes. And if you've not tuned into the Career Profiles podcast, as I said at the top of the show... Please make sure you do because we have got episodes coming out on a weekly basis, probably until around the middle of September now. So, you've got quite a few episodes to listen to, quite a few new stories to listen to, stories about characters maybe you've only heard little about that you're going to learn so much about. So, please make sure if you've not subscribed to the Career Profiles podcast, do so. If you subscribe to this feed, then they will also come up on this feed on the same day. So, doesn't you don't have to subscribe to career profiles but please do do it get subscribing to that feed as well and also make sure you check out all our other podcasts the dark side of boxing and legendary nights which will be back a little bit later on this year but for this episode that is everything and we do really appreciate the support thank you for bearing with us while we've been doing our career profiles podcast a big shout out to the patrons as well for supporting us separately and if you haven't checked us out on patreon then you can do it by finding btr boxing podcast network and seeing all of the available memberships that we do and what we offer in return and please make sure you like share and put everything on social media your thoughts feelings and opinions as always but that's it guys thank you so much as always for listening to the big fight reaction
0: how do you like it I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia! He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Uh,
1: let's get ready to rumble!
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.